Welcome to the Learning to Lean workshop today. Workshops have been super popular in the past. I hope you'll love this as much as I loved uh, putting it together this week. Um, most of this is not new. Most of this is just repetition of things that you've seen before. But this is actually a time that we set apart so that we can come together and actually do some processing and that you have the opportunity to get feedback from your leader. Uh, I'm actually going to go sit out in the hall to do my little work so that if you get stuck, if you have a question about what this means or if you need pointing toward a truth and you can't you seem to get there, I'd be glad to, you know, help you unhook un, uh, any snags you get. Uh, I don't anticipate that, anticipate that that's going to be a huge problem. I'm trusting that God's just going to show you the way through all this, but I did want to walk us through the process, and I want to tell you a little bit of how it looked on me, just very briefly, so you'll have plenty of time to do your own processing, and then as I said, we'll go to our regular group time, and then you can kind of unpack and, and maybe get a little bit farther with it when you go to your group. So what I started with was just this promise at the top of the page. It says, my God, Paul writing, he's our guy this year, the Apostle Paul writes, my God will meet all your needs. He will meet them in keeping with his wonderful riches. These riches come to you because you belong to Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. And so we talked the last couple of weeks about all the rich blessings that God wants to give us. And uh, we talked about we're not getting in on all those blessings because we're not leaning on him, because we're leaning on our own understanding. And I have just given you in two little continuum charts here, the thesis of this class. You already know this, but uh, for someone who's listening on the Internet, this is kind of the synthesis of what we've done in these last previous 12 lessons. We've said that if we lean on our own, own understanding, our own thoughts, our own opinions, our own feelings, our own life experience, what's going to happen is we're going to, you know, we may know the right Bible verse. We may be able to say, oh, you know, I don't believe that my life doesn't matter. I mean, we studied the last two weeks about how much I matter. I matter so much that Jesus died for me. You can know that biblical truth, but you can be thinking and feeling and living in a way that's inconsistent with that. And so that's the point in doing this. Um, and I would say we've got lots of papers and lots of writing to do today. There's plenty of room for people to spread out at the table, so please do so. Um, so we want, to, we want to get rid of those coping mechanisms and false hopes by kind of pressing in to what it is that's going on on the inside. And today's a chance for us to do that, this kind of individually slash corporately. So what we want to do is we want to open our lives, our hearts, our thoughts, our feelings before the Lord, let the spirit of truth, we talked about the Holy Spirit, to come and reveal what's really going on. And, um, and then for him to bring truth to that place. So, um, you know, Paul writes, and we've, I think we may have said this verse about 10 out of 12 times this series, but Paul writes in Romans 12 that we are transformed, that change comes. Change is possible when we renew our minds. In other words, when we stop those thought patterns that really aren't biblical, that we may, may not even be aware of, when those are brought to the surface and identified, then that makes room, hence our last song, I will make room for you, by 
finding out what it is I'm really thinking, right? And uh, I just included a little quote here about neuroplasticity that is just scientific proof. They have got MRI evidence, if you can believe it, that when you pray, when you meditate, when you worship, they have taken MRI pictures of your brain and the pathways that are those ruts of thinking in our brain actually change when we come to God's presence and we do that kind of work. And so that's what I am hoping will happen today, that we'll practice a little neuroplasticity before the Lord, and, you know, by the work of his word and his spirit. So where do we start? The starting point for this work is what we're actually doing is we're working backwards. We're starting with our emotions. They are the big tip-off for us. So they're the emotion, emotions are the clue of where to start. And if you get stuck at any point in this process today, either come see me or go back to, oh, yeah, let me go back to what we've called a trigger. A trigger is that emotional reaction to some event, whether it be something with your health, something in a relationship, something financially, something that's just your own inner um, turmoil about who you are as a person, when you have a reaction that is out of proportion to that, whatever that event or thing is, that is an overreaction or a trigger. And a trigger, as we've said, and I've restated on your paper, is caused by one of two things. It's caused by an unmet core need, which we're going to talk some more about today, or it's caused by some kind of hurt or trauma is another word for that or wound is another word for that from your past. So if you'll flip over to page two, I have given you the expanded core needs list. Now let me just tell you, don't be overwhelmed that we now have ten core needs. Really to be to be seen, to be known, and to be understood, I mean, excuse me, and to belong, to be seen, to be understood, and to belong. Those are the three. But this is the same woman who is the Christian uh, counselor, Laura Duncan, Duncan, who I've credited here. This is her more expanded list. And if you'll notice, that these are pretty synonymous words. It really helps me, though, to have the more expanded list because while being seen was something that I knew, that I mean, as an only child, guess all eyes were on me. I knew I had been seen. But when I actually started working through this list, I realized, you know what? I never really, when I put them on this chart down here and kind of tried to get them in the little short line, I realized that what that meant was that I was heard or understood. And that was when it clicked for me is, you know what? I don't think I felt understood. I, that That's something that I'm I would probably say today is still something that I struggle with. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take this chart, which I understand that this has 30 blanks in it, and that would require a ton of processing. I'm not asking you to process all 30 of these blanks today. But what I am giving this to you is a tool. And if you start looking at this and you're thinking, you want me to go that deep, on all this stuff in a 45-minute workshop, you're nuts, lady. I'm a slow processor. Then that's okay. 
you have my absolute permission to just skip down to, to F what God says. But for those of you who are like me, I'm a faster processor, and I have also been doing this kind of work for a good long while now. So when I practiced through the workshop, I was able to get pretty far along with the chart. Here's what I'd suggest for everybody to do in the sake of really getting one thing dealt with today. Why don't you choose either one parent or maybe even a better choice would be, why don't you choose a couple of these needs that kind of are ringing a bell for you and just work across those couple of rows and see where you get. What we're going for is an unmet need. So let me just say, this is not about bashing your parents. This is not your parents are bad people. This is not your parents set out to ruin your life. This is from a person who has poured everything that I've got into both of her children. I'm going to tell you, I have not met all of these needs perfectly and unconditionally. I mean, and if anybody thinks they have, I'm just going to tell you that's not possible because we are human beings that we can't be in all places at all times, and we do not have the capacity to unconditionally love, accept, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if that's not a safe place for you to visit, that's okay. We can go back to your emotions and skip the part about your parents. But I'm just saying that's where triggers get started is in the first 12 years of life. And so if you want to explore that, I think it's the, today's a great day to do that. So choose one or two needs. Here's what I found. I, as I said, have done this work a lot. The one that really popped out for me, as great as my parents were, as much as they saw me, as much as they loved me, as much as they invested in me, I never really felt understood by them. So that's where I landed. So that was the one thing. We're going to choose one. You may come up with 10 while you sit there, but you can only have time for one today. You can do the rest of this work, you know, at some other time. Then we're going to go down to what God says. We're going to bring it to God and say, Lord, here it is. I don't feel understood. I didn't then, and I'm starting to realize I don't now. I think I'm thinking back about my emotions. I'm thinking about the way I overreacted, and wow, okay, that could explain some stuff. So what we're going to do is flip over to page three, and we are going to do the exact same set of listening prayer that we have been doing. I've been testifying about it since November, and it's been on the page every single week. You may not have tried it yet. That's okay. But here's, here's another tool to help you. I've got two other additional things, and let me tell you about those. I remember there was a time in my life where there were only two emotions I could get in touch with, mad and tired. If you were in that place where you really don't have a lot of emotional literacy because you are just shut down because that's all you got to face the life you're living, I understand that. I was there. And so it helped me at that point in my journey to have a long list of things to go yeah, I'm feeling pretty aggressive and alarmed and alienated right now. Let me just write that down real quick. And furthermore, you know, so if that, if you need some of that action, you got 317 emotions on here. I personally did not want, I, I'm pretty good at expressing myself. And let's 
don't miss the bottom line on the back of this pink page. Sad, scared, and lonely. Because after you've processed all 317, and you could probably come up with another 650, after you've processed them all, what we're, where we're going to land is the bottom line of what I was feeling when I realized I wasn't understood, or I may have been understood, but the perception that I lived for all my years is I'm not understood. Guess what? I was pretty sad about that, and that felt really lonely. And those are some things that I'm feeling in my life today because of some current circumstances. So I went to my one through five steps that we've been going through, and I said, well, Lord, I want to bring to you my unmet need of feeling never understood. And I wrote down some extra emotions, and then I thought, but at the bottom of the barrel, at my heart, in my heart of hearts, I feel sad and lonely. So, Lord, would you bring up a time in my life that is a memory that might speak to that? And the Lord brought up a memory. My best friend, y'all, this is, I was an only child. I was always looking for somebody to play with. And Debbie Conley was my best friend. She lived next door, and she moved to Memphis, and I was so sad. But next door to Debbie Conley's house was a house of people. There were four kids there, and they were all older than me. But I kind of trailed down there one day, and they wanted me to come in and play. And um, I remember that not being a very satisfactory experience. I went down there three or four times, and what I somehow in my, you know, like probably about a six-year-old self, I realized these, I mean, I asked the Lord, you know, I'm doing this prayerfully now. This is not me just dreaming it up and then thinking about it. This is me asking the Lord. I prayed, what did I come to believe? And what I came to believe was these people aren't really my friends. And they don't understand me. I am just a, like a toy to them. They are using me. Now, I don't know that I would have had that sophisticated ability to analyze that as a six-year-old, but looking back on that memory, this is what the Holy Spirit led me to believe. And so I acted out. I tumped over all their patio furniture, <laughs> y'all, while they were gone. I that, can you believe I did that? So I, I, uh, I you know, my parents, they, they came driving up right in the middle of my little temper tantrum, and it was like, I couldn't really articulate why I was so angry, but now I can because they were just kind of using me just like a little plaything. I mean, they, they didn't do anything wrong. It was just they didn't get me. They didn't like me particularly, and they didn't really want to play with me. Other, you know. So, we, in other words, we were not connecting like my best friend and I used to do. So I said, well, Lord, okay, well, that's very helpful. So what's the truth? And so I asked the Lord what the truth was. And part of what's playing along is how this is playing out in my today. Well, today I have got two very arthritic hips. And one of my very favorite things to do is exercise. And then another one of my very favorite things to do is to go shopping. And then another one of my very th favorite things to do is to run around in my kitchen and 
cook all these fun recipes. And guess what? I am sitting on my hiney a lot right now, and I'm feeling sad, and I'm feeling lonely because I'm not getting to do the things I like to do. And so it all started making sense for me. I was just thinking, you know, what has God got for me in this season? Why am I going to, I mean, basically I'm looking at probably about six months of sitting because I've got seven weeks till my surgery and then eight weeks between surgeries and then another probably six, eight weeks of recovery after that. And so that's about a total of six months. And I realized I'm really sad about that. And I'm feeling really lonely because I'm not getting to do the things I want to do with the people I want to do it with. And thank God I've got some stuff that I can do. But it just see how that informs what I'm dealing with right now. I knew I had some grieving to do about this, the little girl that didn't have a playmate. Where I was spent a lot of my years sad as a child. And so the reason you see that I'm feeling so sad today is, yeah, I'm missing out on exercise, but what really needs to happen is that part of me that never received comfort, that never was understood, that was never seen, needs to be seen and heard and understood. So why do we do this? So that we can receive healing on the inside. And I can tell you, as I surrendered that before the Lord, I came to such a sweet place of peace about, oh, Kathy, this six months is not just about you sitting and waiting. It's about me doing a work in your heart and in your life and doing a healing work because I have God, and he has some things he wants me to be about in this season. So, you know, not, not any huge trauma there. But it, there's some pretty big freedom, I think, coming my way, and I think I'm going to spend the six months differently than I would have if I hadn't gone through this process. So here's what I want to say about all of that. If you had a snag in working through those five prayer steps, I did. We've got the bookmark that we've been putting out every week. This has some supplemental things on the inner healing side. I needed to go back and forgive my parents. I had some forgiving to do. I needed to forgive those children that didn't treat me like a real friend. You know, some of those things. So you may need to take a, take a back step, process some of that kind of thing, and then come back, and then it enabled me to hear God's truth. Um, lastly, if you just think, wait, you are, you are asking way more of me than I'm ready to do, You've got the blue paper, and it is a hugely valuable tool. It's I feel, but God says. And if you, if the only thing you do today is take your pink paper, either the back with these three emotions at the bottom, or every one and then some more, if all you do is get in touch with your emotions and then say, but God says. I feel sad and lonely, but God says. Whatever. I've used the example here, which is one of the coordinates you get to cheat if, you, if this is yours. If you don't feel adequate, here's four great verses for you. Um, if you um, have a, a smartphone or a Bible and you need help with what God says, I'm going to suggest you go to BibleHub.com or just go to your Google page and type in verse, on Google you would just type in verse inadequate, verse 
lonely, verse, misunderstood. And it will give you lots of places to click that will lead you to some, some tr spiritual, biblical truth. Okay? So what we want to do, the point of this whole thing is taking those lies that we came to believe, taking those unmet needs that are still making an impact today, bring them before the Lord, identify the wrong thinking that they've produced, and then replace it with God's truth so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so let me just say this in closing that I had a big breakthrough, but I've got follow-through to do now. So now my work is to continue in the truth of I'm feeling a little sad and lonely sitting here one more day today. Oh, I need to go back and sing some songs like the song. I was belting it out. I can't carry a tune. I hope I didn't offend anybody with my singing. But I will wait for you, Lord. My soul will wait. My soul will wait for you. And so I either am going to be singing or journaling or finding more scriptures or meditating on the ones that are really ministering to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with it until it goes from my head to my heart. So that's what I hope we'll do today. I'm going to give us about 40, 45 minutes, and I'll be out in the hall, and I'll come back and close us. Uh, if you need me, come find me. It's all yours. Oh, let me pray. Uh, Lord, I do just uh, ask you right now to come, Lord, as we sit quietly before you. Lord, we ask you to keep our hearts quiet, our mouths quiet. We ask you to um, just banish any distractions. Lord, we bind the enemy in any spirit of distraction, any spirit of fear, any spirit of doubt or unbelief, Lord, and we ask that you would come in, Holy Spirit, and just usher in your love, your compassion, your presence, and your truth. And we just ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.